Denaya, and this podcast is called Hey with Denaya Miss. In the episode, this is Women's History Month. So there's going to be a set of students talking about how they appreciate women and their opinions on women and like how women are valued. And I'm the one that came up with this episode. All right. Welcome to... Joining me now, we have a very special guest, somebody near and dear to my heart. We have my sister from another mister, Zaidis Munoz Isme. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to Hey, What Did I Miss? She has agreed to be a guest for Women Empowerment Series that the kids are running, student-led. And make sure you all like and subscribe to the channel so you're up to date and get all this fabulous information from all these wonderful women. So Z, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'd like to do my flower segment first. You're all wonderful person, wonderful wife, hear nothing but great things about you. Awesome mother. And I know you work very hard at your job and you have a very unique job at I, I'm having you on now because not a lot of people are aware of what you do or the, the type of job you have. So when I was explaining to the kids what you do, they were kind of making faces at me like, what? What's going on? Please give us a brief introduction Great. of you and some of your work. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so I actually um, am first generation, went to college uh, first in my family, and I ended up staying in college. So I like to tell students that I have lived on a college campus for 18 years. Um, yes, a very never long left. time. You still play <laughs> in the left. quad. You still play in the quad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I went to college and never left. So um, now I've uh, become a university administrator. So a lot of folks don't actually know that my job exists on a college campus. And what I do is I really help students and support them when they're navigating a non-academic crisis. So stuff happens, life happens, um, and sometimes you need somebody to help you navigate that. And it could be anything from like, you know, you need a place to stay, you have no coat for the winter, um, you need money for textbooks, you need uh, somebody to help you with your faculty because, you know, somebody in your family got sick, um, you need extra spending cash to get to and from school, either on a train or gas. So that's what I do here. I make sure that I can make an avenue and make a way for students so that you can focus on school and really be successful. Um, so I try to kind of take everything out of your path or help you take everything out of your path so you can continue in school. Um, I also am responsible for all student life on campus. So all the clubs and organizations, all the fun stuff, um, music fest, like anytime we do a big concert on campus, all those things come from my area and department. So not only do I manage like the hard crisis things, um, I also really get to have a hand in the fun stuff that happens on a college campus as well. Navigate that. You know, a lot of people um, may not have family that has come to college, so they don't know what to expect. Like my family didn't know what to expect when I went to college, and I wish I knew the me when I was in college. So I try to keep that in perspective when I'm working with a family or with students um, to make sure like, hey, like I know this is really challenging, but I'm here to help you and guide you every step of the way. I'll be your point person. I communicate with you. Um, I tell you what you need to do. I help you, you know, I call my friends in financial aid to help guide you through that process because you're making a huge investment to come to school. And I want to make sure that you're getting your money's worth, that you are being successful, and that you're making it to graduation because that's our goal. What made you interested in your work? 
Right. Um, so I, you know, like most people that work in student affairs or in higher education on a college campus, I kind of fell into it. So when I went to college, uh, I had a really hard time. It was definitely a challenge. I went away to school, which um, coming from a Latin household was unheard of, you know, mm-hmm. going to leave my house to go to school. And I was like, yes, I'm getting out of here. I hate this house. I'm leaving. <laughs> so I went to college. Um, and while I was there, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I really know that I wanted to study abroad. Um, I went to the study abroad fair and I was like, what? You can travel to another country and get credit? I could leave even further from home? <laughs> so I ended up studying on um, a study abroad program called Semester at Sea. And so instead of going to one country for a semester, uh, which is four months, I went to 10 countries. Um, and I was on a cruise ship for three and a half months, 108 days. Um, and we went to 10 different countries. And while I was doing it, was like the most amazing experience. Um, I got it paid for by my tuition. I hustled my financial aid advisor to max out all of my money to be able to afford to go. I worked, I fundraised, I asked my family for donations <laughs> to have spending cash. Um, and I got to go. While I was there, I met these amazing people. And I was like, how are you doing this for your job? Like, how are you sailing around the world, gallivanting? And getting paid. Like, tell me, what is this about? And they told me all about student affairs and higher education. They're like, hey, you need a master's degree. And I was like, more school. <laughs> I was like, I'm almost done. I don't want to go to school anymore. So they told me about the program that I needed to get into to be able to do something like this full time. Um, coincidentally, when I came back from my study abroad program, my best friend at the time had just joined a higher ed program. And I was like, Again, with this nonsense about a master's degree, (laughs) like I don't want to do this. But as you have, you know, as the life has it, you know, I was getting ready to graduate from college and I still didn't have anything to do. Uh, It was a recession in 2008, which means that there wasn't a lot of jobs available um, that were paying. The market was really horrible. And I was like, okay, I have two choices. I can move back home with my parents and work wherever they can help me get a job, or I could go to grad school and get a master's degree. So I got two more years to figure out my life and let's see what happens. So I ended up going to grad school and I got a scholarship um, in my second year that ended up paying for my tuition and my housing. So I hustled my way into some really great jobs. Um, And then I was like, well, I'm going to do this full time. It seems like a really great opportunity. I always wanted to live in New York City. And I was like, how can I afford to live in New York City for free (laughs) or in an apartment in Manhattan? Um, like trick, tricks of the trade. Uh, talk about it. Right. Talk about so it. I had to, I had to figure <laughs> it out. Like, you know, how can I get my hustle hard to, mm-hmm. to be able to do what I want to do and live my best life? Um, and so there's certain things that were important to me. I love traveling. I wanted to live in a place where I was living next to an international airport. Um, I wanted to have stuff to do outside of work. So, you know, working at a school in Nebraska wasn't for me because not a lot to do there outside of work. Um, so I really, you know, focused on what I wanted for my life. And I ended up in New York City working at a college. Um, and I did. I got to live in New York City for seven years um, at various schools and colleges in New York, uh, which really provided me this awesome lifestyle. I met great people. I connected with folks even outside of my field. Um that work in nonprofit that really exposed me to a lot of opportunities. But like I said, I kind of fell into it, like because I love to travel and I wanted to live in a big city, I found something that would allow me to do that. And um, I just keep growing, growing in that that profession, in that field. And I I met really great mentors also that kind of helped me 
move to the next step and to tell me, you know, hey, Simon, I really think that you're good at this, or I really think that this is an area of focus. Um, you know, I've done great work. So people have poached me for jobs. I think it's really awesome. Like, I think that's a different level of um, proof of your work ethic and who you are and your reputation. Um, I get phone calls pretty frequently about leaving my job to go to another job. So that's awesome. That makes me really feel like my work is being noticed by other people. Um, but yeah, most of the time people say that they fall into it. Like either you were exposed in college or a little bit before college or... You know, if you're a student leader because you like to do stuff uh, at school, this is a really great thing to do. It's like uh, administrative or have people on my team who all they do is plan events. That's their full time job or they plan orientation sessions for summer. So it's uh, it's interesting if you like things, um, projects and stuff that changes or if you like a more cyclical job, like, you know, every August back to school, we back to school. That's great. Um, you feel like slow summers maybe this is something for you too. <laughs> wow. Have you had any stereotypes placed on you and how do you stay motivated? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> yes. Short answer. Yes. All the time. I think, as you can tell, my name is not a typical name. My name is Saivis Munoz. Um, and now my married last name is Ismay. Um, so both, all three non-typical names. So I think right away, folks put a stereotype on me. They assume things about me. Um, I talk with my friends and colleagues all the time that I'm sure there's jobs that I've applied to that people won't even look at my materials because they're like, oh, wow, she must must be this. Or just by the name of my resume, they make an assumption about where they think I'm from or like I'm not going to speak English correctly or um, my accent's going to be too strong wow. or what type wow. of stereotypes yeah. I'm going to kind of encounter. I mean, even wearing hoop earrings to work. Um, I'm a senior level administrator at a college and Yes, a lot of uh, stereotypes, a lot of things are placed against me. Um, but one of the things I've learned is uh, I really shock folks with who I am and what I bring to the table. Yes, I am a Latina. Um, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of who I am um, and who I am and how I show up at work every day. But that doesn't stop me. And even though somebody may see that as my most salient identity, so the thing that they see about me first, that's not what I present about me first. Um, I think there's various challenges and there's interesting things like <clears throat> I'm a Latina, I'm a woman, um, I'm a minority, you know, according to the masses. Um, I work at a predominantly white institution, so there's not a lot of us. I'm the only Latina administrator at this college, senior level administrator. So that's a challenge in itself. So when I show up to the table or when I show up to the room or when I'm at the meeting, I bring all of that into perspective when I'm there. I'm making sure that I'm representative of uh, underrepresented students that go to school here. Um, you know, non-traditional first generation, um, you know, coming from other cities or other countries. Like I have a big voice and I make sure that I use that. And I, like I said, I break through people's stereotypes. They're like, oh, you're not what I assumed. And I'm like, please explain. <laughs> Uh, that's something that I also try to do is I give opportunity to create awareness, right? If I'm breaking a stereotype for you, tell me why, like who, who put that in your mind? Um, so I call it the, um, the shattered glass. I like to pay, you know, break people's identities uh, or what they assume about folks' identities. And, you know, when I introduce myself, my name is Saivis. I'm, you know, a mom, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm from Miami. Right away, those are three categories that people are putting me into in their brain. And I think it helps people kind of cope and understand, but 
um, then I don't match what, what they've categorized me as. I don't match that. And I think it's really fun for me sometimes to be like, I'm glad I don't fit into what you assumed about me or you thought I was going to be loud and uh, boisterous and that's not who I am. I'm very articulate. I think a lot about what I'm going to say because I know that I had to claw my way to this position. So um, I I, I cultivate it and I care about what I'm saying um, and how I'm working and advocating for my students and for my team. Here in college, it's a different environment. It's really independent. It's on you to really focus on your studies. So that creates a different level of stress, um, especially if you're trying to keep a scholarship, you're trying to work, um, are you commuting to school every day? There's different stressors that um, are involved. So it's pretty easy to get into a situation with someone who you've met, you know, you're only known a couple months. Um, even if it's a friend that you've had for a long time, now you're at different schools. So we navigate a lot of conflicts on campus. Conflicts between relationships is actually something that I focus on a lot. Um, you know, something that's set out of context. Um, social media is a big issue now. Um, issues Keep with talking. the DMs. <laughs> issues with the DMs. Issues with online dating. Um, you know, it, it trickles onto a college campus as well. Um, you don't understand how many times I have to have um, a meeting that we have to read 600 text messages between two parties and where we have to identify where the conflict was in a relationship, right? And like 600 text messages, that's a lot. So I do get to navigate that. There's a lot of conflicts and we try to kind of get involved as much as we need to, um, because here we want to also make sure that you're learning how to navigate this on your own. I find a lot of times that students just aren't speaking to each other face to face. Um, They don't know how to do that anymore. (laughs) Because all you do is communicate via social media or on a phone or text message or via emojis or on Snap. Um, you know, a 10 second snippet is not really a full conversation to really articulate how you're feeling or what you meant by what you said or a comment. So we try to help you. We bring students into a room with no cell phones to have a mediation, a conversation to talk it out, to really understand what was said, um, you know, how it should have been communicated. Uh, I always focus on intent versus impact. So even if you didn't mean it, you didn't intend it, um, it doesn't mean that it's not going to impact somebody negatively. Um, And that's a really big deal when you come to school because everybody comes with their own context of life. So, you know, I grew grew up with my family, with my brother, with my sibling um, in my household, and we have a way in which we think and how I was raised. And then I come um, to a college campus and I'm in class with 50 other people or maybe 200 people, depending on the class. And there's 200 different, you know, opinions and um, opposing views. And you're not always going to agree. And I think that's part of an academic environment is just um, increasing your awareness, expanding your mind, learning about difference. And it's not to change your mind, um, but it's to be able to articulate your ideas and to really accept, you know, is this how I really feel? I think that was one of the most beautiful things that happened to me in college is, um, you know, you're raised a certain way, like depending on your faith, religion, where you're from, uh, morals, values, the foundation of you becoming a person. And then you go to college and you're on your own pretty much. Um, And you get to decide, like, do I want to be the person that I am right now or do I want to change? Do I believe this because I was told 
uh, and raised to believe this? Or do I actually foundationally want this to be a part of who I am? So nothing is private. (laughs) Everything is public. We find out eventually. Um, We do get involved. Sometimes, depending on the situation, uh, universities have a lot of rules. I'm sure like schools have a lot of rules. And if you break the rules, you have to meet with somebody. The good thing about college is we treat you as adults. So your parents or family don't find out. But if it's pretty bad or pretty egregious, we do get family involved and we got to call your parents and tell them what you're doing here at school where you're paying a whole lot of money to attend. So we don't that's not the most favorite part of our job, but we do have to deal with that. Parent doesn't want the phone call that the scholarship has been pulled because you've been in there being foolish. Correct. Which happens, unfortunately. Yeah. When we are on your back about social media and developing those skills. We're doing this now so that when you get to college, it's not a big issue. You're able to handle and navigate these situations. So don't think we're doing this just because we want to know your business. I don't want to know your business. I want to help you figure out your business, but I don't want to know your business because somebody will know your business and figure out your business for you. What would you tell your younger self? Wow, my younger self, that's a really good question. I think about this a lot just because I work with young people all the time and uh, they try to ask me this frequently and I think it's changed over my my career. Um, but thinking about now and how college has, has changed and I think I would tell my younger self, uh, if possible, do not take out any student loans. Um, so student loan is the government can give you hundreds of thousands of dollars at 18 years old when you really don't know what you want to study for sure, or you're just really exploring who you are. Um, so you take this money, especially if you're coming from a home where like my parents might put in, they they didn't give me anything. They were like, you got into college. We're so happy for you. How are you going to pay for this? Um, and I got a lot of scholarships from undergrad, but college is difficult and I wanted to succeed and I wanted to keep going. So I took out loans and I graduated my firm, my undergraduate degree with a little bit, a little chunk. But then when I went to grad school, that's where that's that's the one that hurt. So my advice, yeah. My advice would be like if you can try to go to graduate school for free. There's so many opportunities out there. Um, you know, I didn't find out till my second year of graduate school that I can be a graduate assistant, which what that means is I had a job, they paid me a stipend. A monthly stipend, which was not a lot of money, but it was enough for me because I didn't have a family and I didn't have a car and I didn't have a lot of bills. I was in college again. They paid for me to have meals on campus. They paid for my apartment and they paid all of my tuition. That was amazing. I wish I knew about that from the jump, but it was hard because nobody ever talked to me about what that was. So for just in my first year, two semesters, that's nine months of school, I accumulated more loan debt than I had in all five years of undergrad time. Free time seems very elusive right now. <laughs> um, I think that's changed. So I would say before I had my son, um, I love to spend my free time like reading books or um, I used to go to Soul Cycle a lot, which is, you know, indoor cycling. Um, and then I bought myself a Peloton. So I was super excited about that. And then I had a baby and then I was like, oh, wow, well, there goes all my free time. Um, but now I spend a lot of free time reading uh, or watching TV. I'm a big TV person. Uh, my husband and I watch a lot of TV and there are certain shows we have to watch together. And then there are certain shows that we can watch <laughs> apart. Um, so I just watch a lot of TV. I love watching shows. Um, my Hulu is stacked. <laughs> um, but it's getting a little bit harder. I'm actually in a doctorate program right now. So I'm trying to be Dr. Oh, Thaibis Munoz. Uh, it's me. So 
I spent a lot of my time reading articles uh, for school and writing papers, which is um, hard. It's very hard to go back to school. So uh, go all the way through if you can. <laughs> Don't pause. But yeah, I spent a lot of time reading, uh, FaceTiming with my family. All my family lives in South Florida. So we spend a lot of time on FaceTime now with the grandparents um, and our siblings. But free time is changes. So right now, if it's just you, spend all your free time doing all the things you want to do, like going to the movies and traveling and hanging out with your friends, because it gets really hard when your friends also have kids and you have kids and then you only get to see each other like once a quarter. Oh, I know. Trust me. I know. <laughs> That's all right. But real friends stick around. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say to all the kids, real friends stick around. They find a way. It was just for a minute. So i like to... uh Thank you for coming on. And I'm going to call you soon to be Dr. Munez, isn't he? Exactly. Dr. Z is going to be the new Dr. Z. I like it. Mm -hmm. Sound like a show. Exactly. Now have me on. Dr. Z. Soon to come. Soon to come. All right, friends. That's a wrap. I like to end with a quote, and I made up this quote, and I like it. Any and everything you do, you do with passion and grit. Find your passion and get to it. That's A Coach Can. Make sure you like and subscribe at acoachcam.com. And I will catch you all on the flip side. Peace.